Hi Lucy, thanks so much for joining us on Britain's Birth Stories podcast. I'm really excited to do it. Wonderful, wonderful. So let's start off with um, where you're based and who's in your family. So I'm based in um, Leicestershire um, and I have um, three children. I um, live with my husband, um, three kids and our dog. Mm. So I have um, Harry, who is 10, um, Rory, who is two, and Tabitha, who is about four and a half months old. Wonderful, amazing. And and uh, what is your profession apart from jugg- juggling everything else? <laughs> I know. Um, well, I'm actually a hairdresser, um, so I manage a salon. Um, I'm obviously on maternity leave at the moment. Um, and then I also have my sort of other passion, um, which is a hypnobirthing teacher and um, pre and postnatal and children's yoga teacher. Wow. So you, you've just like spanned off into loads of different areas, haven't you? Yeah, I have a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, when people say, what is your profession? Sometimes we're at the point where I think, you know, I'm not sure which, which one is my profession anymore. Um, they're both just passions, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing, amazing. So, going on from there, are you ready to discuss your first pregnancy? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Amazing. So, was your first pregnancy something that you'd you'd thought about or was it a bit unexpected or it was um it was very unexpected um to be completely honest um Howie's um dad that I'm not with him anymore he's um I haven't been with him that long um and yeah I got pregnant um so it wasn't unexpected but it was, you know, it was, it was at the same time welcome news. It was great, um, but I was twenty five at the time, and actually, um, I was actually planning on doing a ski season. Um, right. so it, you know, it completely changed things. Um, but yeah, like I said, at the same time, it was sort of, yeah, let's do this. Let's, you know. It will be great kind of thing. But, yeah, completely, I guess, actually unprepared for pregnancy and um, birth and everything else that sort of came with it. Right, right. And and what were your feelings about birth and pregnancy when you found out? What, what were you feeling at that time? Well, actually, again, being completely honest, I'd, up until that point... I'd always sort of been, I don't know if I want kids, I don't know if I want to be pregnant. Giving birth at that point actually um, terrified me. And Mm -hmm. even if I saw pregnant people, like I remember at the time I worked with somebody who was about to have a baby, I sort of found the whole thing, like, scary. Um, And even when I first found out that I was pregnant, straight away my first thought was, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to give birth. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't uh, quite a 
ready for that, I guess. Um, so, yeah, scared, I, I think, would be the right way to, to put it. Yeah. Um, and even throughout my pregnancy, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have any complications. Um, my pregnancy actually was great. Um, but I think the whole way through it, I felt, I felt quite nervous. Um, yeah. which is, is probably normal, I think, I guess, as a first time mum. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, overwhelmed, scared. Yeah. A little bit nervous. Yeah. And and what about support? How supported did you feel during that time? Um, yeah, actually, I did feel supported. Um, I think I obviously went to my midwife appointments and everything else. And I think looking at the time, I guess I did, I did feel supported. Looking back on it now, knowing what I know and everything else... I do feel very much I was just sort of um, went to that first appointment. Where, which hospital are you having your baby at? Um, this will be what's going to happen at this, 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 and this. You know, the whole sort of way through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the time I did feel supported, um, and I went to like pregnancy yoga classes, which were brilliant actually. Uh-huh. The person that did my pregnancy yoga classes at that time was possibly the most support that I had um so yeah that was that was brilliant Amazing. um but yeah my care I would you know like I said I, I did feel at the time supported mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay all right and uh, in terms of labor can you remember how all that started to begin and and the process that went on after that yeah, I was thinking about this earlier. I thought it seems like such a long time ago now. Um, so I'd actually, um, I was about four days over my due date. Um, and that night I'd had, again, looking back on it, I think it was like, um, like it's my show. But I didn't really know what that was or didn't know what was going to be happening. So I remember... Um, it was about five o'clock in the morning, waking up thinking, oh, I don't know if my waters are broken, I don't know, like, what's happened. So I phoned in, and then they said, come in, and we'll we'll check you over. Um, they said, no, your waters haven't broken. Um, I think it may have been a show, or just maybe, you know, you're getting ready kind of thing. Go home, whatever. Yeah. Um, so we went back home. We had a monster barbecue, um, and then it was about six o'clock that evening. I kept just getting these little niggly feelings. And I don't know what they were, but I was sort of aware of them. And then sort of as time went on, I thought, I think something is happening. Um, And then I remember we phoned the hospital about 10 o'clock. And I remember them saying to me, yes, you probably are in labour. And the one thing they said was, but if you're not in too much pain, then don't worry about it now. But at the time, again, I remember thinking, I don't know what, what I should be feeling. Yeah. Um, so she sort of said, if you can still walk up the stairs without being doubled over, then you're okay. Ring us back in a few hours. So we rang back in a few hours, um, and then it, it felt the right time to be going into the hospital or birth centre where I was planning to um, have Harry. And, yeah, we got there about midnight, and I had a... Um, an examination, a vaginal examination, and it was about six centimetres. 
and they were like, yeah, you, you know, that's great. You're going to have your baby soon. And in my head, I still remember thinking, oh, brilliant, a couple of hours, I'll, you know, be done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, the, again, it was really, um, it was a nice experience, had a lovely room. Um, they did sort of say, do you want to have a bath? Do you want to do anything else? Um, and I think from my yoga, I was just, I had my birthing ball and just trying to remember everything um and then yeah I think it was about four o'clock I had another examination mm-hmm. um and they said yeah you, you know you're fully dilated um you're gonna have your baby soon and um I had him at, I had him just after six o'clock in the morning so I had him um on one of the big like um like what do they call it big like mats um yeah. over birthing ball um and yeah everything was actually was really good um just using gas and air mm-hmm. um so i think again at the time i sort of thought this is you know this is a pretty good pretty good labor especially as I'd been told remember one person telling me um or telling Harry's dad that don't worry she she will say she's in that much pain but she's not dying (laughs) I had sort of gone into it being a little bit terrified thinking right okay so I'm gonna be in that much pain but don't worry I'm not dying um but yeah I think um it it was it was a good experience yeah yeah and in terms of just immediately after like the first few hours how did you feel in terms of how you were being supported and cared for um again at the time i i thought everything was good everything was fine having two babies after and having things a little bit different looking back on that first experience um it probably wouldn't have been quite how I would have wanted it now. Um, I remember when I had him, he was sort of, as I said, I was on all fours, so he sort of was, um, almost came like underneath me. And I remember at the time I couldn't feel that I could quite reach down to get him or anything, so he sort of brought him up to me. Um, But then I do remember him sort of being taken away and having all those sort of checks done and me not really knowing what was going on. Yeah. Um, then he came He came back to me um, and I tried to feed him, which actually, um, that first feed went really well. Wow. Um, yeah, that was, I think that was just a bit of a, a fluke. Um, and then we were just sort of, left which I think at that time as a first time mum I did feel a little bit scared because I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing um sort of what was going on um nobody sort of came to see us for for quite a while um and then I guess it's just different personalities we had a midwife that came to see us that was very um matter of fact yeah. Very sort of, you need to dress your baby and, and get them sorted kind of thing. And again, we 
again at that time, I was terrified to dress him because I didn't, I didn't know how, that I wouldn't break him. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't know, know how to sort of dress the baby. Um, so I think in those first few hours, it was sort of quite, yeah, quite, quite scary. Um, and also I needed to have some stitches. And again, it was something that I'd never, I hadn't, hadn't contemplated and, and it never sort of been discussed how, how these things sort of worked. It was sort of, so we need to stitch you up. You can have it now or you can have it in an hour and we can do it this way or this way. You kind of need to decide. So it was sort of like, oh, I'll, I'll do whatever. So I, I suppose looking back on it, I felt like I did have all these different things coming at me and maybe didn't know quite how to how to deal with them if that makes sense yeah yeah well it just it's it sounds a bit overwhelming doesn't it definitely yeah yeah, yeah it really was um yeah I just had 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 my baby and sort of it was yeah now this needs to happen this needs to happen this needs to happen yeah and I wasn't I, yeah I wasn't prepared for that I guess right yeah yeah and and in terms of feeding did did that go on for for longer in terms of uh breastfeeding or what what choices yeah. did you make yeah it did i was um i really did want to breastfeed and i was quite um i was quite determined that i was going to breastfeed um and yeah I, it was something that i really really wanted to do so he had that um, feed in hospital. Like I said, I had him about, it was quarter past six in the morning. We were actually home by about half 11. Whoa. So we okay. were, yeah, we were out really quickly. They were sort of pretty much like, everything's fine. You can have the hearing test now or you can go home and come back tomorrow and do it, whatever. Um, so, yeah, we. I think I also wanted to go home. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, so when we just sort of got home, Again, I think because he fed straight away, he latched on straight away in the hospital, they were like, brilliant, that's that one feed, um, you're good to go. Now, when we got home, he slept. Right. And again, I didn't have the advice of waking up a baby, not knowing what to do, so I just let him sleep. But then I think he woke up about 8 o'clock in the evening, he'd just been asleep that whole time. Right. Right. And then wanted to feed for sort of four hours, you know, that cluster feeding. So I found that really difficult because it 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 wasn't working. And it wasn't working um, again the day after. Um, and it was about day three, I think, because of, or it might have been day five when I had another midwife come and see me. Yeah. Um, I was literally, my boobs were like red raw. Oh. It, it was killing me. Um and actually, again, she was very much a fact, but I do remember to this day, she th- that's what got me through it. She was sort of, she did say, give me a boob, give me a baby's head, let me put the two together and this is how it should be done. And she kind of did, you know, literally do that. Yeah. But as soon as she'd done that and she'd shown me what it should feel like and what it should be like, I was like, oh, wow, okay, this is this is how it how it should be. Yeah. Um, and once then I'd got through, you know, the, the fact that my boobs were red, well, and healed, she said, you've just got to grit your teeth for those 30 seconds. It will be fine. And um, 
our our feeding journey was then okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was feeding in public. Right. Um, then I don't know if it's because I was younger or a first baby. I found it really really stressful um, feeding him in public. So from probably about three months, if I was going out, I would give him um, a bottle of mm-hmm. like formula milk. Um, so we sort of, if we were at home, I always breastfed him, but if we were going out to somewhere that I knew I wouldn't feel comfortable feeding, I would give him uh, formula milk. Right. Um, right. And to be fair, he took, he, you know, he took both, um, both absolutely fine. So it wasn't a big issue. And yeah, I fed him until, a, I fed him until about six months and then we did just go, um, or, or swap over to formula feeding. Wonderful, wonderful. And, and what about you postnatally? How how were you coping? How were you feeling? Um, actually, do you know what? I felt really good. Um, I think I'd possibly prepared myself for the worst almost because of what I'd been told. Um. Again, you know, I sort of remember people telling me, you'll pick up your dignity when you walk out with your car seat. So I think, and and your baby. So I think I went into it thinking, I'm going to feel completely rubbish. Um, You know, and other people saying, oh, that's actually the easy part. Wait till you've got your baby at home. Wait for this. Well, I think, yeah, I'd prepared for the worst. And actually, um, it probably wasn't as, as bad as I thought it was going to be or as I'd been told. Yeah. Um, I think in some ways I hadn't... I, like I said, I felt um, emotionally fine. I think, if anything, I wasn't um, prepared physically for mm-hmm. how I was going to feel. Again, I think it's an area that isn't talked about or isn't um you're not made aware of i didn't know if what i was feeling was normal physically yeah um like with having the stitches and and everything else um so i think that was something that i questioned a lot um and obviously the breastfeeding was was really hard in those first um, few weeks and I think if I hadn't have been as sort of determined as I was um, I think that could have been or that would have been a lot harder yeah yeah wow wow no you're, you're completely right the postnatal period is sort of looked over because the whole focus goes on to the baby doesn't it yeah and that's it. And you know, again, we we hadn't um, we hadn't done any, any antenatal classes other than at the time what was offered um, with the NHS, which was sort of for one hour um, weekly classes. But that was very much focused on on the birth. There wasn't really any focus um, afterwards. I mean, I always think I was lucky because I had my mum close by, um, my sister, 
and even Harry's dad's parents um, to sort of look for for advice. And I think if I hadn't have had, you know, probably my mum especially, um, who had or has five children, um, it could have been or would have been very different. Um, And I, yeah, I think again looking back on it I think you were sort of sent home like I said like literally five hours later with this baby and I think you don't always you, you don't know you don't necessarily know what you're doing with them you don't know what's normal you don't know how you're meant to feel yeah um yeah I think like you said earlier it it, it can be can be overwhelming oh, exactly exactly and and Obviously, once you'd gone through that, um, when did you, if you did, decide to then have another child? Was that a decision or was that also a, a surprise? It was actually a decision. Um, so, for me and um, Harry's dad, we went our separate ways when Harry was about uh, one, one year old. Um, and then I met my husband um about a year later um so yeah having rory that nearly eight years later yeah was um was a conscious decision um we had decided yeah that we definitely wanted to have another baby wonderful wonderful and and how was the pregnancy in comparison was it quite similar or yeah similar in um the fact that there wasn't any complications. I would have been, you know, was a low-risk pregnancy. I think the difference for me, being pregnant um, the second time, I think I felt so much more confident. Yeah. Um, I think I sort of, yeah, I just, I did just feel more confident. I also think, actually, it was just because I was in a much more confident um, or positive time in my life. Um, You know, we we were married we had made that decision to to have a baby um but yeah my pregnancy was was really good um in all three pregnancies to be honest I have been super lucky I'm not gonna lie I love being pregnant um you know I find that I find that a time that you can be really confident um in your body and everything else so yeah yeah, pregnancy was good Great, great. And how was it now that you're pregnant and you also have another child? Um, again, I think because of the um, age gap, it was, you know, it, it was okay because because Harry was eight. I, um, when I was, you know, having those sort of first trimester symptoms, um, feeling a little bit sick, being tired... Um, Harry was almost old enough to understand that and to to explain that I'm pregnant, having a baby, like, um, he got it. And he was actually super excited um, about having a little brother or sister. Um, I think for me, I was obviously nervous of, you know, thinking how will this new baby impact our, our family and... Um, I remember thinking, like, 
am I going to have enough love for this second baby because I have so much for Harry kind of thing. So I think concerns of how how, um, they would sort of fit into our family. Um, But generally speaking, having Harry worked really well with the pregnancy, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And in terms of your birth what were you thinking about at this time considering you obviously had experience now and and you know things that you may or may not want what were your thoughts for this birth yeah i mean um i i sort of joined this pregnant joined my second pregnancy um i'd done again um pregnancy yoga but i was doing a lot more um I'd again, I'd heard, you know, the word hypnobirthing being thrown around and thought, yeah, I'd want to find out some more about that. Yeah. Um, so I was far more knowledgeable. I did um, a hypnobirthing course, quite a short one, um, in comparison to maybe what I did this time for my third um, pregnancy and birth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I was... I knew much more about what I wanted um, and or I knew definitely what I didn't want. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think that's easier. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a clear idea of in my head um, how I wanted my birth to be, where I wanted it to be, who I wanted there and also that time after the birth I think if anything that was more what I knew I um or how I wanted it to be and I did I did want a home birth for that birth but my husband wasn't wasn't 100% and to be fair because I'd had quite a positive experience in the birth center at um the hospital near to us I wasn't fussed enough to say no I I want a home birth kind of thing yeah um so yeah i I knew i wanted or i knew i would like to have had a water birth um and i knew i wanted like minimal um pain relief or comfort measures um and i knew i wanted it to be as much as possible just the the two of us in that environment and the two of us for as much as possible after that environment yeah definitely had a clearer idea of what I wanted no that's great that's great and and in terms of labor how did that all start um okay wow this was quite a a longer on-off process so again um it was actually on my um like estimated due date that I started again having contractions wow um yeah so they were quite early in the morning um and again I was sort of just thinking another here you know I'll just carry on sort of doing what I'm doing um we just kind of carried on carried on our day um and then in the evening they got a little bit more intense um but then they died off. So I very much for that whole day was in that on-off camp of, of contractions. Um, and I think some of it was probably the, the busyness in the house. Um, but anyway, we went to bed that night, um, woke up the next morning, um, 
And I think I was very conscious of thinking, okay, so we need to, you know, Harry needs to go where he's going to go to my mum's and stuff. Um, so we ran the hospital again, sort of explained the situation. They were very much go and have a bath, go and do all those sort of usual things, bring us back in a few hours. Yeah. Um, so again, then when we, how we went to my mum's, we got to the hospital. Um, again, I did have an examination and I think, um, I think I thought I'd be further along than I was, um, right. based on the time before, but yeah, it was about four centimetres. So they sort of said, just kind of do whatever you, you know, need to do. So actually we sort of took ourselves off and, and went for a walk, um, and came back a few hours later and then, and then, yeah, then we stayed there. Um, I did have another examination and then I was about um, eight centimetres at that point. Wow. Um, and, yeah, it was just um, using my yoga. Um, then I got in the pool. Um, my labour was so... My labour was very different. Um, it was a lot... It was a lot slower in some ways, um, but I think far more, far more chilled out. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, we were just sort of doing our own thing. You know, I've got lots of photos from in in our room at the birth centre, um, and there was there was lots of laughing. There was lots of just like um, niceness between us. Wonderful. Um, and then there, there was a couple of um, moments where there one there could have been possible um, interventions um, because it would, like I said, it, it was quite what would have been said was um, not progressing as well or was quite slow. Right. Um, but we we just rode those through again. I think because I had a different level of knowledge, um, and yeah, then um, Rory was born. He was born just after eight o'clock um, that evening in in the birth pool, oh, which was wow. amazing. Wow! So you got you got the water birth that you wanted, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, it was lovely. Wonderful. It was amazing. And how was the first few moments with him and, and with everything else going on? How was it? Uh, it was... Um, it was completely different. Literally, um, he was born. We had we had a little bit of time um, in the water. Um, and I had um, opted to have a managed delivery of my placenta. So... I did sort of um, come, I don't want to say out of the birth pool because they've just got like that little seat. So I delivered my placenta and then um, they said, let's get you out of the birth pool, let's get you out of the pool, let's get you comfortable. So I got onto bed, um, got sort of nice and warm and literally then um, it was just us. They sort of just said, yeah, do you know, we're just going to leave you to it now. And um, 
they did ask how I how I was planning to feed. So I said again I was planning to um, breastfeed, yeah. and again um, once I got into bed, he did feed pretty much straight away. Um, and yeah, they just they did just leave us to it because yeah. again I think because looking back or comparing it to my first experience, I remember my husband saying, "How much does he weigh?" And it's like. We don't need to worry about that now. We can do that in a bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. let's just sort of, um, yeah, um, have that time, just just you. So, literally, we did. Um, and then I had, like, a, they did, like, a physical check and just making sure everything was okay. And um, so then Alex had his skin to skin then with um, Rory. Yeah. And, yeah, everything, I didn't need any stitches. Everything was great. Um, so yeah, they just did say just just like be a family and just enjoy that time together. Amazing, amazing. And and if if you look back on it now, how do you feel about the care that you got uh, from the birth center and the people there? Um, do you know what I think. Um, it's hard, and, and anything I say, obviously, as you would know, is is not being. Um, critical um, yeah. I think it varies so much between who who is involved with your birth and um, you know the first the first midwife when we got there um, she literally sort of says so um, it, and it was just like this hop onto the bed I'll do you an examination and um, so if you can stay, then we'll, we'll give you a few hours. If nothing much is happening then, then we'll break your waters. Um, and if we still need to speed things up, there's other things we can do. And I finished my shift at quarter past, quarter to seven, so it'd be really great if you have your baby by then. Oh and I was goodness. just a bit like, um, okay, but no, that's not going to happen. But again, had I hadn't have sort of had the, the sort of, bit of knowledge that I had, I would have probably just been like, okay. Um, yeah. So, she was, a, I suppose, a little bit scary. Um, the next sort of then, um, we didn't actually see her again. The next um, person that, I suppose, looked after us, and then we had a student midwife, actually. You know, she was very, um, well, I'd say, like, woman-centered care she was really really focused on me and 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 what we wanted our birth to be like you know absolutely lovely really supportive of sort of the environment that we were trying to create um the fact that I'd done like a a bit of hypnobirthing and my yoga and stuff really really supportive um and then again um she was there when I was um, having Rory again with like there was like another midwife, and she was very much more, I suppose, trying to take control of the situation. Right. Um, you know, wanted to do the coach pushing those kinds of things. Um, so I think there was um, there was sometimes an element of of us having to be quite strong in putting forward what we wanted. Yeah. Um, again, there was another moment when, because like I said, it was, um, there was a 
time when I sort of wasn't really doing anything. Again, looking back, we just needed to sort of refocus. Um, we did a relaxation and everything happened. But at the time, they were sort of like, well, you've been about eight centimetres or a couple of hours ago, you're eight centimetres. Nothing's really happening. Um, I think soon we should probably break your waters. And But if you're going to have that, I would suggest... Um, they're going to get more intense. Maybe we'll give you the trip to speed things up. But if you're going to, if we're going to do that, I would suggest you have an epidural. Mm. And again, I was just sort of, well, well, hang on a minute. You know, I'm fine. Is baby fine? Yeah. So I sort of said, okay, so we'll just wait. And literally, he was born 45 minutes later. Well, there you go. There you go. So, again, you know, um, looking no not looking back in that's the wrong way at the time I think it was because we knew what we knew we had this sort of confidence to say actually you know ask those questions yeah. um so I think looking back on it um some parts of my care would I say I was 100% supported um maybe not um but Oh, it's difficult, isn't it? Um, because like I said, I never want to seem like I'm being critical. Um, yeah, no, but it's the reality, though, because things yeah. change as you experience more and then as you educate yourself. So it's not critical. It's just a, a reflection, really, of, of what yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You know, had I not known anything at the time, I probably would have just gone along with it. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, um, looking back on it now, even one one baby further on and one pregnancy further on and everything else that I know I think yeah actually um I don't think I was 100% supported there was definitely an element of well my you know it would be good if you had your baby by this point and you've been in here this long so let's let's get going with things kind of thing yeah basically you're on the clock yeah 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 definitely that's unfortunate, but it just seems to be the norm now, isn't it? You just hear people yeah. popping in and then being shoved straight back out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, after I'd had him, actually, I think that was, um, we, like I said, we were really sort of left to just um, be. Um, and, yeah, that that time was, was really precious. Um, probably to the point that at one point we thought that I think we were dying to go home, but again, there just wasn't actually the staff because they had other things to do to sort of, you know, discharge and then go home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. In, in terms of when you eventually got home and you all are back as a family, all four of you. How, how was that change, having two kids now in the house? Uh, it was different, but it was amazing. Um, again, I think because Harry was eight, so he was quite a bit older, he was just, like, he was just super about it. He was so, so helpful, um, and he just, he just adored Rory, you know, and it just 
did work really well. Um, I think for me, I was always conscious of that I'd gone from one child to two and how did I sort of um, do Rory's bedtime and Harry's bedtime. And, and again, because I was breastfeeding, you know, I think you feel like you spend pretty much all your time breastfeeding. Yeah. Um, newborn baby. So I felt like my time was being taken away from Harry. But no, it was just, um, it was just, amazing great great yeah. and in terms of breastfeeding had your feelings towards a change slightly compared to your first pregnancy um they haven't actually i i again i still really wanted to um breastfeed um i think the the second time i think um Again, I've gone into it thinking, I know it's potentially going to be tough. I know it's a journey. I know it's something I've got to learn and they've got to learn. Um, so I think mentally I was sort of far more prepared yeah. um, for how that journey could be. Um, but to be honest, Rory, he, you know, he he did, he fed, he fed really well. Um, and... I didn't have I didn't have any any issues um, or any um, sort of problems feeding him. Um, yeah, he just he he fed well. Um, yeah, I think maybe this time actually, although I'd really wanted to breastfeed, I, I maybe hadn't put the same pressure on myself. Uh-huh. I sort of just thought I want to do it. Um, we'll see how it goes, kind of thing. Wonderful, wonderful. And in terms of uh, breastfeeding outside, had had you gained a bit more confidence or was that still something oh. that you were a bit worried about? No, I wasn't actually. I wasn't at all. Um, you know, I just sort of... I do think, being completely honest, it, it was an age thing. I think... Um, I think I was far more confident, or maybe not an age thing, but a different stage of life. I yeah. was far more confident in myself. Um, and yeah, I was I was very much of the sort of mentality and attitude that, you know, my baby needs feeding and I'm going to feed him where he needs feeding. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have, didn't have any issues, um, with feeding him, I mean, when I took him, going off topic slightly, I took him to Dubai um, when he was ten weeks old. Right. Um, and I sort of thought, how would I feel feeding in, you know, a different culture and everything? Um, but no, it was absolutely fine. And yeah, I, I did. I fed him anywhere and everywhere. Wow! Wow! That's great. That's great. It, no, it's amazing, isn't it? When you hear someone's first story and if they go on to have a second the birth or maybe the labor and things may not be too different but the perspective and and the opinion and the mindset can be can't they yeah definitely 100 percent. yeah and that's it you have i think yeah you are so much more confident um in in everything yeah yeah definitely so you've had two now. <laughs> was your third pregnancy um also something that you'd considered together as a couple or was it 
uh, unexpected? It, it was it was unexpected. Um, as soon as we as soon as we'd had Rory um, the second, I um, it was it was during my pregnancy with with Rory um, and especially after the birth that I did literally become birth obsessed, right? And pregnancy obsessed. Um, you know, I couldn't read enough. I couldn't. Uh, find out enough literally it was something that I couldn't just sort of um leave alone yeah um and it was sort of we we kept going yeah we'll have another oh I don't know you know that sort of time yeah um and yeah then um Tabitha uh, or so she is now happened and it was it was such surprise I mean I know people say how could it really be a surprise but she pretty much was the immaculate conception which I say to everybody (laughs) (laughs) and you know I look now I I sort of we always have this joke I'm like she was just she was just a gift you know she was unexpected um I didn't find out that I was pregnant with her until a little bit um later on because it was just so not on the cards. Yeah. Um, I, I'd, you know, felt ill, whatever. And I said to my husband, I said, if I didn't know any better, I'd, I'd say I was pregnant. Anyway, I did a test, it was negative. And then it was still a few weeks later, I said, I've never, I've got to be pregnant. I've never felt like this unless I've been pregnant. Anyway, so I was. Um so yeah, this, this, that's a long answer, but the short answer, no, she wasn't. Um, she wasn't planned, but I don't know if I'm honest. If we'd have planned it, if we would have had a third, I'm not sure. Right. Um, so yeah. Like, yeah. Things, like, you know, sort of, was our gift. It was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And um, yeah. in terms of birth this time. Did you have something else in mind or were you going for a similar experience to your second? What were you thinking? Oh, 100%. As soon as I was pregnant, actually, as soon as Rory had been born, um, even Alex, who's my husband, said, if we ever have a third, he said, you're having them at home kind of thing. He's like 100% yeah. home birth all the way. So literally... Um, as soon as I went for my first midwife appointment, um, she sort of said, what hospital do you want? And then she said, would you... She did say, would you consider a home birth? And I was like, no, I would, you know, I want a home birth, definitely. Yeah. Um, so from where to go, we planned on a home birth. Um, again, I had wanted or had wanted the option of having um, a water birth, Um yeah, definitely was going to be at home. And just, I suppose, what I'd wanted for the second. Um, just just the two of us, just as relaxed and as chilled out as, um, as possible, really. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. And how did you plan for that, considering you had two other children at home now? How was that all going to fit in? Well... I sort of, um, my mum was going to be sort of a, an on-call option. I mean, in my head, you know, 
I'd pretty much thought, um, I'm going to, in my head, this is how I'd planned it. I'm going to put the children to bed. Um, I'm going to then go into labour. I'm going to have Tabitha. I'm going to have it through the night. And I'm going to wake up and there's going to be a new, we didn't know what we're having, a new baby um, brother or sister there for the <coughs> other two to wake up to. And that's pretty much how I, how I had seen it happening. Yeah. See, we just have other things in place, like I said, my mum coming over um, and taking the other two out or whatever, um, or Alex taking them over to my mum's and she doesn't live too far away. Um, but generally speaking, I wanted them, I sort of planned with them being here um, and as much as possible, Um almost being a part of it amazing um yeah for harry that was a bit horrifying he wasn't making (laughs) on the idea um and rory was he wasn't quite too so he didn't really understand that much um but yeah i just wanted it to be as sort of as close to our sort of normal home life as such great great so if we go into that story, how how did it all begin and how did it unravel for you? With the um with the labour. Yeah. Uh, um so again it was my um estimated due date that I did um start having contractions. Um I'd I'd felt that was on the Thursday. So from probably a few days before at about the Monday, I I was feeling different. Um, I'd developed five, um, like some pelvic girdle pain. Um, so in my head, I was thinking, I think it's going to potentially be in the next few days. Anyway, so I'd, um, I was teaching pregnancy yoga. Um, and I was planning on teaching a class that evening. But literally, I'd pretty much sat down to teach it. And I'd... Um, started having again like contractions I was sort of aware of them um but still did my yoga um and then after that my husband was at the gym um I sort of said to him I think this is you know it's it's definitely it but no need to do that much now let's have some dinner um stick up the fairy lights, you know, we put the final few finishing touches to this um, sort of beautiful area that I'd set up at home um, with affirmations, fairy lights, um, candles, everything sort of going on. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, it was, about, it was about half nine then when I um, phoned the home birth team um, and sort of said... I'm pretty sure I'm in early labour, but so just to let you know what's going on, because they'd obviously always said do that just so they can plan, you know, their sort of what's going on kind of thing. So again, I sort of got the advice, have something to eat, go and have a bath, um, probably go to sleep, you know, you'll either go to sleep or you'll wake up again um, and give us a call back. Um, so because we'd already had something to eat, and I, I actually didn't really, I didn't fancy a bath, but I did say to Alex, um, 
I'll probably try and just go and get into bed for a bit and just stick on um, a relaxation and light my favourite candle um, and get a hot water bottle. And he gave me a massage because we'd done that every night for sort of the, the week before, the massage and stuff. And oh. um, yeah, it was lovely. And then it was about um, just before midnight, and I wasn't, I was just, they, they were getting a little bit more intense, and I knew I wasn't going to be going to sleep, basically. Um, so I said to Alex, I'm not, you know, I'm not comfortable here, let's go back downstairs. And I said, I think we should bring the midwife back in again, just sort of say maybe it's time to bring the birth pool out um, kind of thing. They said they'd bring the birth pool out and then again come back a couple of hours later. And so we rang them back um, and there was sort of every, I don't know, three or four minutes-ish at this time, um, but still absolutely fine. So they said, we'll come out, we'll do like, um, because obviously there was all of the um, like lockdown restrictions in place at the time that I was pregnant. Oh, yes, um, yeah. So, because I was the beginning of June, so they said, we'll come out and we'll just do a, cl- a couple of questions at the door. We won't come into the house um, and then we'll take it from there. Anyway, they got here about 10 to 1 Um and they did a couple of questions with Alex. I was in the lounge. And they sort of said, we'll just come in and have a... Um, do you want us to come in and have a quick chat? So they came in and have a quick chat. Um, at this point, my, my contractions and surgeries were just pretty much, like, rolling into, you know, the next one. Yeah. Um, but also good. Um, and, yeah, so they had a chat. The two midwives came out. Um, had a chat with them. Um, she had my blood pressure, and then she said, "I'd like to just have a feel of baby um, and check, you know, check their um, heart rate, whatever." Um, and literally, I said, "Okay, well, I just really want to go to the toilet um, before you do that." I went to the toilet. My water's broke, um, so they had. We hadn't. We hadn't got the birth pool up. The birth pool was semi-inflated, right. um, and that's about as far as it got. Um, and at that point, I do remember this sort of chaos, but it felt so calm, sort of coming around me. Oh, so I remember saying to the midwife, I said, I think this baby's coming now. And she went, yeah, I, I think you're probably right. Um, and there was no sort of mat down it anywhere, you know, any sheeting, anything. It was literally just our house as it was. Um, so I went back into the lounge and they so amazingly just set up this environment around me sort of thing. Um, and then seven minutes later, she was here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so it was just... Oh, it was amazing. It was just... Well, people ask me about it now. It was just, like, the most amazing experience of my life. It really was. That's Um, It was so... Even, like I said, there was sort of just... I remember hearing 
the um, Emma, the midwife, saying to my husband, have you got your plastic sheets? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll get them for you. And she was like, no, have you got your plastic sheets? And she was sort of, lift one knee up, please, and lift the other. Um, and, yeah, um, sort of all going on around me, but I was just so focused on me and what I was doing. Um, yeah. Just completely different completely like I thought my second birth was like really positive really good like a good experience compared to this time wow it's just something else yeah it really was yeah and in, in terms of the the home birth team how did you feel about the the, the care that they gave you before during after how was all that for you oh honestly it was it was um absolutely amazing um you know I think in Leicestershire like I would say we're so lucky because we've got such a really good like dedicated um home birth team um I loved having all of my antenatal appointments at home again I think as well because of the restrictions that were in place I felt so lucky that when they came to the house you know Alex could be here yeah um it was so relaxed um never felt rushed they always had so much time for you any questions you wanted answering and it was so nice as well um to see the same midwives um because they're sort of split up into areas so i would always be you know i don't know sort of of three midwives um so that was really lovely um during the birth as well. It was just, um, so it was just a different vibe. They were sort of just like, yeah, we're here, but we're not here. Just do whatever you want to do. I mean, there wasn't so much time for that with me. Yeah. Um, it, it was quite quick. But yeah, generally speaking, they were just, just so um, focused on what, what I wanted to do. And the same sort of after the birth, um, they were just, there was no rush. There was no no time time constraints or time factors. Um, you know, it was nearly an hour before I delivered my placenta because they'd chosen to just sort of go with um, a natural delivery. Yeah. And they were just like, just do whatever you want to do. It's fine. So yeah, different, um, different care. Yeah. In terms of it was just about me. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing because you've obviously experienced all different types of scenarios and situations. So it's great to sort of see it almost come like full circle. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was just, um, yeah, it was just brilliant. Great. I can't, um, no, I can't really say a bad a bad word about it great great that's amazing to hear that you you finally got a birth that sort of fulfilled every need that you you wanted because you see you see from the first and then the second although they weren't uh maybe negative you could say there were definitely parts that you've mentioned that you probably would change or adjust yeah. but this just seems like your ideal scenario. Oh, I did. 
and um, yeah, and it and it was, you know, um, I'd planned for that ideal birth. Um, you know, I, did, I was obviously aware that other things would happen, but I had in my head planned for that ideal birth, and I did, I did get it, um, and I, you know, I did. I got absolutely everything Amazing. Um, that I could have dreamed of, and just yeah, I think there was literally a couple of moments during labour. Um, that I sort of, I remember one point thinking, oh, the pool isn't going to be set up, I'm not going to have my water bath. Um, and I remember thinking, they haven't even, or I haven't even, they haven't even got the gas and air out of the car, what if I want it? And they were literally the only two thoughts that went through my mind, but it didn't, it didn't even matter, it was just sort of, yeah, I just went with it, and I just, yeah, completely just sort of went with my body and... Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, when she was born, it was just, it was the most amazing thing. Um, my husband did, which we, uh, which I obviously had agreed to, um, like video some of it and just looking back on it, it's just like, oh, it's just amazing. Oh, how beautiful. How beautiful. And uh, postnatally, obviously, because of what's going on in the world right now, that must have been quite different for you considering there was different uh, rules and regulations going on how was that with you postnatally with having all the kids in the house and having the restrictions going on yes that has been very different actually um and I think again um I was quite well postnatally I think it was very different feeling not bringing a baby home from somewhere if that makes sense oh yeah um and it was very different because I've, I've, um, I'd always been sort of, you know, I would love to go out with, like, my baby and stuff. Um, you know, within a few days of Rory being born, um, we went out for lunch, just as a family, but it was really nice. Yeah. Um, so I think this time it was very different um, because not even my mum... Um, could could come round and see her. Um, it was just a few days before you were allowed, like um, you know, to mix. I can't even remember. There was mix one household, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, it was really, really strange to. It felt really strange to have to have Tabitha and have this baby that I couldn't even sort of almost share with, like my family and my closest friend yeah it was really difficult as well um, having having a household like you said because Harry was obviously off school Rory was no longer at his childminder um, and uh, my husband who is a teacher so he was still um, he was working from home um, or having to go into school slightly, which was something I hadn't prepared for because in my head, Rory was still going to be his child mind three days a week, so I still had three days with new baby, two days with Rory and, you know, Harry at school. So that was really, that was really difficult, yeah. um, really difficult for me. Um, and also there was all the other sort of worries going on of, 
well, if you do go out with your baby, are you safe? You know, it was still, I think at that time there was far less known about things and maybe the reason is now. Um, so I did, I did struggle with that um, to a degree, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously being at home all the time and with all the kids, how was that in terms of feeding and, and maintaining the balance between all of them? How was that for you? It was really difficult. Um, to be honest, it was um, it was a little bit crazy. Um, I know I've got this photo of me and um, I'm feeding Tabitha. Rory's naked and Harry's doing something else because Rory as well decided that he wanted to start using his potty and doing all of those kind of things. So right. I'm sort of, I'm feeding one child, I'm potty training another, and then I'm trying to sort of appease a 10 year old that would much rather just be on his Xbox all day and me not talk to him. Right. Um, so it was, it was, it was really, really, um, it was really difficult. And I think. You know, that is, for me, where my family came into play a lot because um, my mum, like I said, doesn't live too far away. So um, she's always had such a really close relationship with Harry. Um, she would sort of say, do you want me to just come and get Hazard and we'll go to the park for a bit, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and Rory, actually, it was surprising... Um, whilst I was pregnant, before I had Tabitha, Rory was always very focused on me. It would be, mummy, put me to bed. Mummy, do this. Mummy, do this. And it was quite strange. Um, when Tabitha was born, the quickness and, and the real sort of attachment and then bond he built with Alex, mm. he was sort of like, no, daddy, do this. And daddy, do that for me. So it was hard, but in some ways, actually, it was really lovely to see those sort of relationships change, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and, and how that sort of um, changed the dynamics. Because, again, I was breastfeeding Tabitha. Um, and, again, I think because it was being a third and, again, I was really really confident um, with feeding. She did feed really well um, and it happened very naturally and there was no, there was, you know, no issues um, at all. Again, I sort of could almost, I guess, deal with the two of them. I could feed her whilst I was still doing something with Rory. Yeah. Um, so, Yeah. But then, going back to your original question, it, it was um, it was difficult all being at home because it wasn't something we were used to. Of course, of course. It's just bizarre times. And to then throw a new baby into that, I, it must just yeah. be completely different, new territory. It was, and I think that was it. When we first went into um, lockdown and such, it was like, whatever it was, 22nd, 23rd of March. Yeah. I think we had about eight weeks, um, and maybe naively, um, and maybe what people said, I sort of thought it will be okay. You know, it would. I'll be. We'll be out of it by then. You know, it'll be sort of all back to normal. And then you know, each sort of three week new set of guidelines came in, and it was only sort of towards the end. I thought, yeah, I don't think. Um, I don't think Harry's going to be back at school. Um, I don't think Rory's going to be back at the childminder. Um, 
say, I'm going to have to yeah, come up with sort of a, a new plan. And I think, yeah, that was something I wasn't prepared for, having a newborn and a nearly two-year-old um, at home sort of 24-7. Yeah. Um, almost on my own. Yeah, yeah. About, well, I bet it's been quite difficult for loads of different people and families. You're just a, a prime example of how everyone's just had to sort of completely readjust to this new scenario. Yeah. And, and yeah, and I think that's it. Everybody has just had to completely readjust, haven't they? Um, yeah. And sort of find, you know, that, that new normal as such. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And after hearing all those stories, it's amazing to know that not only have you had all these birth experiences and pregnancy experiences, you actually now... Uh, work as a birth worker as well um so would yeah. you maybe like to explain how has that been going for you we obviously I I heard uh, that you became quite obsessed with it after your second pregnancy but after you'd yeah. taken the plunge how how did that journey begin and how is it now um well it began like I said after um after having Rory um and I just sort of you know, I just, at that time, I felt like I'd had this really positive experience and, and I just wanted to be able to, um, like, to, to share that. And I just, um, I was spending so much time reading about it. Um, I'd done my yoga, I'd done some hypnobirthing, and I just thought, I just want to do more. So I just sort of thought, well, I'm maternity, but I'm just going to take the plunge and I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. So I did my training as a yoga teacher. I did my training as a hypnobirthing teacher. Um, and, yeah, just set it up. I mean, it was very much sort of alongside then um, me when I went back to work full-time, like, managing the salon. Um, and it just really, it grew from there. And, like, my passion grew with it. Um, and then especially... Um, then when I was pregnant with Tabitha, you know, it just sort of grew and grew. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just um, it's just sort of gone... It, well, it did just go from, like, a, an idea to the reality. And, you know, I just... I love it. Um, Amazing. Amazing. Uh, in, in terms of your area and where, where you live is um hypnobirthing and doulas are they quite uh openly accepted um there is hypnobirthing um wise there yeah there is there is quite a few teachers and i think yeah they are quite openly accepted um doulas possibly not so much um as in there's you know there's not so many um, doulas around um, around where I am. Um, I think it's still uh, something that is growing here, yeah. and there is still room for it to grow um, more. I know when I first started teaching my yoga, um, and obviously I'd incorporate hypnobirthing techniques into that, there was still so many people who were like, oh, what's that? Yeah. Um, 
but I think even more so now than two years ago when I did my training, it it's it's just um sort of growing all the time really. Amazing, amazing. So do you think the overall perception of, of non medically trained birth workers is now sort of evolving slowly specifically where you are or um slowly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think yeah, I think that would be the key word slowly. Um I think it's um it's it's difficult. I still think that um we are not probably or maybe given I say well the credit we deserve, you know, I think Yeah. Um I remember actually with with Tabitha I signed on to an antenatal course. It was a free online Zoom thing and um the, the person that was doing it um was medically trained. And they said, if you've probably heard about hypnobirthing, well, hypnobirthing, they'll charge you uh, £300 and basically I want to teach you everything they'll teach you within the next 10 minutes. And I was sort of sat there doing this course. There there was lots of people on this course. And I thought, yeah, that's so, you know, so that isn't what we're about and what hypnobirthing is about. Yeah. so I think um, I think there isn't there still isn't quite the recognition, um, but I do think slowly, slowly it's getting there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, considering you you have so many branches, yeah, yeah, you do the hypnobirthing, you do the yoga as well. Uh, I feel like you're ideal in terms of trying to get that message out there, because as you said, you're you're bringing the two together in some type of way and uh, yeah that that's great for exposure and and bringing people into new uh experiences and, and situations yeah it is definitely you know i find um that they do work really well together and um, you know i've i've always had a love for yoga um and it's something that i've always done um, during pregnancy, but also when I'm not pregnant. And for me, I, I just love it. Um, so it's sort of, I suppose, yeah, initially it started with uh, maybe wanting to teach pregnancy yoga. And then when I've done the bits of hypnobirthing um, during my second pregnancy, I wanted to teach that as well. And, you know, at first, definitely, um, most of my clients came from people that were coming to my um, pregnancy yoga classes. Yeah. Um, because naturally, I would just talk about hypnobirthing or we'd, you know, we'd start with some breath meditation or we'd do some breathing techniques or we'd do like um, a relaxation and um, it was sort of a hypnobirthing relaxation. Um, so, yeah, most of my clients um, initially came from sort of um my pregnancy yoga classes wow wow well it'll be really interesting to see after everything that's been going on in the current months how the audience and the interest change due to the fact that people have a lot more time now to research and understand and and know more yeah and i i think as well um because we've all had to adapt 
to, you know, being online and stuff. Yeah. I've found, you know, that I have had clients um, literally from sort of all over the country. Yeah. And I think in some ways that has been great. I mean, it's been it's been really difficult and obviously it's been really hard not being able to have that face-to-face interaction. Um, you know, I taught um, for those last eight weeks, I taught my pregnancy yoga online and then I've been teaching postnatal yoga online and more hypnobirthing. But I think in some ways um, it's been great that some boundaries have sort of been um, lifted. Like I said, you know, I've had people um, up in, like, Scotland doing my courses, for example, and yeah. I think that couldn't have happened before. Um, so I think that has been, like you said, good for people finding out more. And I think lots of um, teachers especially have been doing so much more online, like so many more online poster sessions, all those sorts of things. So I think in some ways there's been a lot more access to the information um, than there maybe was previously. Yeah, definitely. I know, and it's it's really positive to hear that, although it's been a really difficult time, that you've still been able to flourish in a different way. So that's really positive. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I sort of um, always meant I was going to have a natural break, you know, after having Tabitha. Yeah. Um, I sort of, I didn't do as many group courses. I was just doing sort of people that had come through recommendations and stuff. Yeah. Um, but again, equally, then other people that inquired, it's been really nice to be able to say, actually, this person, um, you know, do that. And I think, again, with everything that's been going on, that's been really difficult, I think people have really come together in sort of communities. And I even, I found from a teaching point of view, um, I've had so many offers of support and, you know, really sort of building those networks and things, maybe even more so than... Um, than before amazing amazing well that's wonderful to hear and and it's been so uh positive to hear all the different experiences you've had and then also the work that you're doing now it, it's been a wonderful time hearing you that's no, been wonderful to talk to you